Our first devotion this evening uh, will focus our attention on that gift of status as children of God. If you think about it, in the world in which we live, we are kind of big on status, aren't we? I taught in high school for several years and, and one of the things that the teachers in high school always talked about was this race for place, right? Who can be the highest in the class shooting for that valedictorian or salutatorian position? If you play music in a band or an orchestra, you want to be the first chair in your section, right? If you play sports, you want to be the MVP of the team. You want to receive rewards, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the CEO of their own corporation? An award-winning author, maybe a musician who's at the top of the charts, right? And then, if you're good enough for long enough, if you're successful for the right amount of time, you might have those four special letters connected to you. G-O-A-T. Right? The greatest of all time. Yeah, status is big in our world, isn't it? People want status because status means maybe bigger houses, better cars, fatter bank accounts, right? And, and while all of those things can be blessings, can I submit to you tonight that they are nothing compared to the riches that God has for you and me through the status that he gives? Here's what God tells you about your status before him. You are his own child, redeemed, bought with the blood of Christ. I want you to just consider that for a moment. Consider the status God gives you in light of what you know about yourself, in light of what I know about myself. See, we worship a God who is holy, don't we? And that God in his holiness demands that we are holy, that we are perfect. God says that every thought, every word, every action has to line up with his will in his word. We know that we fall short. James in his epistle says it so well when he writes this, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking all of it. That's us. Breakers of God's law, rebellious, no reason to believe that we should be called God's children. And that that's exactly what God calls us. His own children. Heirs with him, heirs of eternal life with him. How is that possible? How could God call us his own children? John tells us in our reading today that God has lavished his love on us so richly that we should be called children of God. And there's only one way that that could happen. It's through Jesus. It's through the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus which never once rebelled against God. Who was, it was Jesus in his life, perfect in every thought, in every word, and in every deed. And God credits that perfection to you and to me. But Jesus' love for you didn't stop there. He took all of our sins. He took all of the times that we missed the mark, all of our rebellion, and he let it be nailed to him on the cross. Jesus' death is what gives us life. 
It's what allows God to call us his own dear children. Maybe in this life that doesn't mean a corner office on the 10th floor. Maybe it doesn't mean a huge bank account, vaults filled with gold. But that status means something. Maybe it won't even be recognized until Jesus comes again. But when he does, John tells us in his reading, then we will know in full what it means to be a child of God. And we will experience in full the riches that are connected to that status as God's own children. We read 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. This is the word of our Lord. Please join in verses 3 and 4 of Once in Royal David City. About 13 years before his death, a Portuguese aristocrat by the name of Luis Carlos da Carmana did something interesting. He thought about the fact that he had no heirs, he had no children, he was unmarried, and wondered what he could do with his great wealth. He came up with an idea. As he was contemplating what to do with his wealth, he gathered a couple of witnesses around him and he pulled out a phone book. He let the pages open and put his finger on a name. He let the pages open again and put his finger on another name. By the time he was done, he had chosen 70 people in the phone book. 70 people who were going to divide his inheritance. Can you imagine what that must have been like to get that phone call, to get that notice in the mail that you were receiving 
an inheritance from a person you didn't even know? At random, he had chosen 70 people to receive his vast wealth. Divided up, it was several thousand euros for each one of them. This from a stranger, from someone they didn't know, someone they had never met. A surprise inheritance for sure. That doesn't happen too often in our world. Generally, we know how it works, right? Children receive an inheritance from their parents, from their relatives. And yet we understand that that inheritance is not something we really have earned or deserved. Maybe it consists of a house or some money. But again, even the riches, the vast riches of this life are nothing in comparison to the riches that will be ours through Jesus. That's another status that God gives you and me. In the last devotion, we talked about the fact that God calls us his own children. He's lavished his love on us that we should be called the children of God. But you know what else God has done by making us his children? He also calls us heirs. Heirs of the blessings that he has in store for us. And the blessings that God has in store for us are riches that are beyond anything in this world. They are literally out of this world. Again, how amazing it is that the status that we have before God as his children also means that we have an inheritance. God sent his son at the exact right time. Born of a virgin named Mary brought under the law to live for you and for me, to redeem us, to pay the price for your sins and mine that we might receive full rights, the full rights of sons, of God's children. That's the inheritance that God has given to you and me, an inheritance that literally is worth more than anything this life has to offer. You might not ever receive a phone call from someone leaving you a surprise inheritance by picking your name out of a phone book. But you have riches. You have riches from your Savior Jesus that will last for an eternity. Riches that make any riches in this life pale in comparison. You're heirs of eternal life. We read Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of our Lord. 